Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Well, good morning to you. Ten minutes after 9 a.m. I am Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. KDXU, uh, temperature, you know, 34 degrees. <laughs> it's kind of cold out there. Uh, got lots to talk about today and not a lot of time doing it. In fact, uh, we've got uh, about 15 minutes uh, for you to call and, uh, and, and talk with me and uh, maybe discuss some of the things on your mind, some of the things on my mind. So, uh, yeah, if you want to you get through, give me a call, 673 A couple of things uh, surrounding our children uh, that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, a couple of news stories on the wire. Uh, let's start off with uh, this one right here, the uh, positive one. This is, uh, let's see, an education expert says, study after study shows parental involvement is the key to a child's success in school. But Cheney Wilshansky says it begins with parents getting kids to open up and say, say, uh, say things that they think are important. Something nice you did for someone else today. Did you notice anyone doing something gracious? What is something interesting that you learned today? What is your teacher's most important rule? And who did you sit next to at lunch today? When my kids get home from school, I say stuff like, how was school? You have a good day? Things like that. There's nothing wrong with those questions, but it's easy for our kids to go, eh, it's all right, thanks. I'm going to go get a snack and watch some TV or play with my phone. Uh, well, Shinsky also says it's important to be engaged with your kids' teachers to let them know that you hear and value them. That doesn't mean you have to go on every field trip, but you could text a teacher telling her how much you enjoyed the school project your child brought home or maybe just uh, just telling them, uh, you know, kind of getting an update on what's going on in class. I thought that was interesting, and I, I think it, it backs up kind of what we've always known, that if you're, if you're involved in your kids' or your grandkids' lives, they're going to succeed. They're going to strive. They're going to thrive and do better. Uh, but what about this story? This is really interesting to me. The American Academy of Pediatrics is saying that children should have greater access to metabolic and bariatric surgery. Here's Lisa Z with a little more on that. A new policy statement from the organization described severe obesity among children and adolescents as an epidemic within an epidemic that could dramatically shorten the life expectancy of a generation. AAP now recommends that pediatricians, government, medical centers, and insurers work on strategies to reduce barriers and improve access to surgery so that more children and adolescents can receive the health care they need. Alisa Z, NBC News Radio. Man, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, really, do we want to give our kids stomach surgery to help them uh, fight the genetics? Uh, when I, now, now, I was skinny when I was little. And then right around 12 to 14, no, I'd say 11 to, 11 to 13, I chunked up. And I was a chunky 11, 12, 13-year-old. And then I got skinny again when I was 14. Uh, and, and so I, to me, it was a natural progression because not only did that happen to me, I saw that happen with, uh, three or four of my kids where they, they were thin and then they chunked up, uh, right before their teenage years. And then when they hit their teenage years, they, they got thin again. And so I, you know, I, I'm, re- I'm reading the story, uh, you know, the national pediatric whoever people uh, saying, well, we ought to go ahead and let our kids have a weight loss surgery. And I'm thinking to myself, is that a good idea? Do we want to cut our kids open just to make sure they're not fat? 
Now, I understand the motives that they're saying are good because uh, obesity leads to long-term problems and shortens uh, life expectancy, but doesn't unnecessary surgery do the same thing? Isn't I, I mean, you know, how many people are going to die? I know surgeries are relatively safe right now, but uh, there's, there's always screw-ups and, and problems, complications, staph infections, whatever. And I just, I'm just like, really? You, you're recommending that we go ahead and, and, and cut our kids open so that they won't be fat? That, that surprises me. This time of year, of course, uh, Halloween is, uh, and I was reading up on this, this is the second most uh, uh, commercial Halloween financially in the United States after Christmas. People are spending a lot of money on Halloween. And so... Yeah, I just I just thought that was fascinating. We got a caller on the line. I think this is Mike Miller. Mike, are you there? Yeah, c- caller, you're on with Andy. How are you? Good. Uh, just a comment on child surgery for obesity. Yeah, I and I'm sure you know also. I know quite a few people that have had gastric bypass surgeries or lap band surgeries. Sure, lost a lot of weight. But then, because of di- lack of discipline, they gained it all back and went through that misery without any, you know, long-term results. Can you imagine trying to get a child to be disciplined in what they do, uh, you know, mm. all their life? Just it's crazy. Anyway, just comment. Thanks. Yeah, good comment. And 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 to me, it's like, well, if you had been able to get them disciplined in how they eat and what they choose to eat, they wouldn't have ever had to have the surgery in the first place. I think. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's so many things at play: genetics and lifestyle and everything but uh yeah i I think that's that's a good comment because the thing about the bariatric surgery is that uh it it, it's it's a tool it helps but it doesn't solve everything and you know i have relatives of mine who have had surgery and have have gone right back to the weight they were before after a couple of years they you know because while it worked for a while they went they went back and it's it's a constant it's a constant story. I was reading an article about this the other day, and uh, basically, you have to resolve in your mind as a patient, a, a bariatric surgery patient, you have to resolve in your mind that because what it is, you're going to lose the weight. The surgery, you almost are guaranteed that you're going to lose maybe a hundred pounds, something like that. But that will come back if you don't change your habits, and so you have to decide at some point it feels better to ha- to eat pretty good or great and be thin than it does to eat badly and and get fat again and it's oh man that's a, that's a big decision to make uh i'm not saying you have to be perfect but uh, you know there's there's certain tools after you've had the surgery and and if you if you throw them all away if you stop you know one of the, one of the things they tell you is don't drink during meals that's a big one and if you start drinking during meals, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help undo the the things that were done to you. I don't know. I, I thought it was really just a fascinating topic. Um, I am by no means condemning bariatric surgery. I just don't know that it should be done on children. I don't, I, I don't know that that's a very good idea. Um, one other thing I want to talk about today, it's Halloween. Now, I had someone call me uh, off air uh, last week and say, how in the world can you, a good Christian man, promote Satan's birthday? And so um, I, I was just like, what are you talking about? So yeah, Halloween is Satan's birthday. It's, you know, they, we're, we're worshiping the devil and we're celebrating horror and pain and destruction and murder. 
And I said, what Halloween are you celebrating? Because when I'm celebrating, I have little girls in princess outfits coming to my door. And we hand out candy. And we have uh, chili cook-offs and, uh, and, and cornbread. And, we, and we, we go out in the yard and we talk to our neighbors and we, we enjoy the... I don't know. I, I just I, I don't understand why uh, there, certain people are so sensitive about Halloween. In fact, I'd love... If anybody feels this way about Halloween, please call me, 673 5890 Six seven three five eight ninety, and and give me your take on Halloween because it's harmless in my mind. I mean, sure, there are people that take it way too seriously, and and people that spend a lot of money on it. But even then, I mean, come on, there are people that spend a lot of money and take Christmas way too seriously—the commercial side of Christmas. Uh, and, and I don't. I've always felt like Halloween. Now, I grew up in the eighties. Uh, I was born in the sixties. Uh, spent my. I guess I grew up in the seventies and eighties. And, uh, you know, Halloween was established pretty much what it is now, only a little less commercialized, but pretty much what it is now. And I, I just, I never could understand uh, why people felt that way about Halloween. I had an old neighbor in, in, uh, in Washington City, and the neighbor would not let her kids, she had five or six kids, wouldn't let them celebrate Halloween because it was, quote unquote, Satan's birthday. And I'm just like, those poor kids sat at home. They they turn all their lights off on Halloween night so that trick or treaters wouldn't come to their home, and they and they you know they, they they wouldn't let their kids dress up. They would take their kid. They would not let their kids go to school on that day. It's, it's, a, it's a little over the top, isn't it? I, I I'd love to be convinced that I'm wrong. Um, here's a quote from uh, Ralph. Linton, he said, among all the festivals which we celebrate today, few have history stranger than that of Halloween. It is the eve of All Hallows or Hallowmas or All Saints Day. And as such, it is the one most solemn, one of the most solemn festivals of modern church. At the same time, it commemorates beings and rites with which the church has always been at war. It is the night when ghosts walk and fairies and goblins are abroad. We cannot understand this curious mixture unless we go back into history and unravel the threads from which the present holiday pattern has been woven. That, that account seems to vindicate Halloween as being a satanic or, or, or at least having satanic or barbaric origins. And I, I, you know, I've read about the history of Halloween and stuff. And, but the thing is, I don't think it's that anymore. Um. So I guess the question is, should Christians renounce Halloween? Should we, should we renounce it as the devil's day and, and not celebrate? I think, it, I think it honestly comes down to how you celebrate Halloween. Is Halloween a fun time? Do you have goofy ghosts and, and uh, scary spiders and, and, you know, and princess outfits and things like that? Then I think it's okay. But, you know, if you, if you celebrate it as... Oh, we, we've got a couple of callers. If I hung up on you, I apologize. Please call back. I do have a, a caller on line, too. Yeah, you're on with Andy. How are you? Good morning, Andy. I'm well. Uh, tie uh, your two uh, uh, topics together. You know, we're talking about uh, obesity and children, and we're talking about Halloween. And uh, yeah. I don't know about when, when you were a kid, uh, you probably were like me. Uh, you had a, a pillowcase full of candy that would last you for a couple of months. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a couple of pieces a day. It lasted forever. Well, it wasn't a couple of pieces a day for me. It was uh, it was way more than that. But, <laughs> you know, the, the, the point is, well, because I didn't moderate my own 
uh, I had a bag of candy and I could access it any time I wanted to. Mm. I was a kid. What do you think I was going to do? <laughs> but, but, you know, the, this, this whole topic, and, and there's so many others that tie into it, it really boils down to that parents just aren't being parents anymore. You know, that we, we allow our kids to eat just about anything, you know, get them a happy meal, go and get them, a, mm. you know, an ice cream. or a, a twi- we, we allow kids to pretty much act as autonomous adults in a lot of cases. Yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, most kids were, you know, they were, they were normal. They were just skinny kids, full of energy. They would go out and play all day long. They didn't sit in front of the television. They didn't sit in front of a, a handheld computer. You know, th- these things are so easy to see if you just take a step back. Our kids are fat because parents aren't parenting. They're not, they're not forcing their kids to go out and be kids. We let them sit, sit home and a refrigerator full of junk and a TV and, and you know, game, uh, Xboxes and all of this stuff. You know, I, I defy anybody to, to uh, make an argument that that's not what we're doing. And now we're talking about surgery for obese kids. Yeah, crazy. Take some outside and take away the the Twinkies and see if you don't start seeing an improvement pretty quickly. I can tell you this: when when I was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, to uh, even younger, the number one thing I wanted to do more than anything was go outside and play sports. It had yeah, nothing to do with a video game or anything. Right, kids today don't want to do that. You know what? You're right. It was easy to find a game as a kid. You go out and there was a bunch of other kids playing, you know, either in the, the vacant lot next door or down at the school or whatever. I just don't see that anymore. That's yeah. because they're all inside. They're all they're all being coddled and protected by their parents because they're afraid to let them go out because something bad's going to happen to them. Well, folks, that's life. Let your kids go out and be kids, and you're going to see them slim down pretty fast. Yeah, good call. Appreciate the call. Good to talk to you. Right. Go back to line one. I think you're the one I dropped a moment ago, so I'm glad you called back. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I um, <clears throat> do celebrate Halloween uh, with my children and always have, but I do have a problem with it. And and it started just after my, my husband died and I had a little seven- and eight-year-old, and I was standing at the, at the, at the grocery line. I looked over, and there was this Halloween um, uh, decoration, and it was a skull with a snake snaking its way through the eyes and nose of this oh, skull. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little Indiana and Jones I, skull, yeah. You know, and I thought, this is, this is, um, my children could think of their dead father as, you know, you know what I mean? Like, this is a subtle word. It, it just seemed, it just uh, repulsed me in that way because it was too personal. Hmm. And, I, and I, since then, I really feel that, that, that Halloween vilifies death. And what I mean by that is um, it makes, I mean, death is a part of, not that we should celebrate it and say, whoopee, everybody's going to die, but I think it makes it scary and terrifying in a way that it doesn't need to be. And I think that in our, I, I, that's, that's my feeling, you know, about uh, darkness and Grim Reaper and, and black and, and ghosts and scary things, um, that when death comes, as it does to all of us, I think it it's ter- it becomes way more terrifying than it needs to be, and I really blame Halloween for that. Okay. Well, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Good to talk to you today. Yeah, Halloween, uh, I guess it means something different to everyone. Uh, you know, if you've had a recent death in your family or maybe someone close to you uh, has recently died, I could see that. You know, where it, it, it glorifies death a little bit, but it also makes it death a little bit terrifying. 
at the same time. And uh, so, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not convinced one way or the other. I can tell you this. I'm not going to stop celebrating Halloween because right now, for me, Halloween is still just fun. 